chapter 15, verse 4. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. My God is alive, my God is alive, my God is creator and he is alive. My God is alive, my God is alive. My God is creator and he is alive. He made all the heavens and earth, yes, it's true. He showed all his glory, so there's no excuse. So worship, adore him, and baptize his name. So chaos, he ages, his greatness proclaim. My God is alive, my God is alive, my God is is alive. The Christ is our Savior and He is alive. The Christ is alive. The Christ is alive. The Christ is our Savior and He is alive. He rose from the bondage and gloom of the grave, exalted on high for the life that He gave. So glory and honor embraces His name. So chaos the Christ is alive, the Christ is alive, the Christ is alive. 
God's word is alive. God's word is alive. God's word is the Bible and it is alive. God's word is alive. God's word is alive. God's word is the Bible and it is alive. The Spirit inspired the great men of God who penned all the messages while here on this song. It sharpens and swords and it bears the same. Its powers is failing, its worth we proclaim. God's word is alive, God's word is alive, God's word is alive. Have you ever had that moment where you just, you know that you have forgotten something? but you just can't even remember what it is that you've forgotten. Sometimes that happens to us. Let, let's face it. We are a forgetful people. I am a forgetful person. I forget a lot of things a lot of times without even really realizing it. But you know, there are some things, there are actually a lot of things that are important for us to remember. That's why uh, hopefully you've noticed that this weekend, it's known as Memorial Day weekend. And, and Monday is going to be what's known as Memorial Day in the United States. And this holiday was set aside to help us as Americans remember those people who have given their lives and, and given up a, a great deal of their life and their freedoms and sacrificed so much and really ultimately given the sacrifice of their life so that we can have the freedoms that we have. This day is set aside so that we can remember that time, so that we can celebrate this freedom that we have in this country. Well, America wasn't the ones, uh, you know, we're not the ones who invented this idea of remembering things. Even God himself, so many times in the scriptures, gave the Israelites or gave Christians or, or gave whoever was God's people at the time, he gave them different ways in which they could remember what God has done in times past and what he's brought them through so that they can better appreciate their current state of life. And this morning, I just want to share with you three ways in which God does that for us. Three memorials, if you will, that still carry with us today in some form or another. And I want us to see that these are signs of the covenants the different covenants that God has made with his people. Now, a lot of times we recognize that there were two covenants. We recognize that there's an old covenant and we call it the Old Testament. That's even what it says in most of our Bibles. And then we recognize there's a new covenant known as the New Testament in our Bibles. However, even within those covenants, there's different covenant relationships that God mentions with different people. And we're gonna take a look at some of those covenants and we're gonna see the signs. It is so important for us to remember Let's not forget. Even the scripture reading this morning from Romans chapter 15, it tells us about the purpose of these scriptures, of why they were written down. And I hope that we can be the type of Christians today that, that will study more than just the New Testament, that we will open up the Old Testament as well, and that we will learn from them because God tells us the importance of that. In Romans 15, 4, he tells us that those things, they've been written down to teach us. What do they teach us? Well, they teach us about endurance, a message we can definitely use today. They give us encouragement. Once again, encouragement. We can definitely use that today. And all the while, they're intended to provide us with hope. They give us hope. 
That's what we're supposed to learn from the scriptures, whether it be the New Testament or the Old Testament. These things are written to give us encouragement, to give us endurance, to give us hope. What do we learn from it? Let's take a look. The first covenant that I want us to look at, the first sign of the covenant that I want us to look at, actually goes back to the time of Noah. Now, we're going back almost to the beginning of creation. It's not, not been around very long, just a few generations after Adam. And we read about this man named Noah. And just to get a summary of this, by the way, if you want to read in the Bible uh, about the whole account of uh, Noah and the flood, you can read Genesis chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 8, and chapter 9 to get that story. But just to give you a little bit of a summary of what happens, in Genesis 7, 1, we see that the Lord then said to Noah, go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. The Lord had already told Noah to build this big boat called an ark in which he was going to keep Noah safe during the time of the flood. There was a flood that was coming and Noah was given an opportunity to prepare for it. And he did. And the Lord told him to go into the ark and he did. And then in the middle of the flood, we get it in Genesis chapter 8, verse 1, we read, But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark, and he sent a wind over the earth, and the waters receded. You know, a lot of times when we talk about the flood story, we might even sing about how there were 40 days and, and 40 nights of rain, and, and that's what we, we know, and that's what we talk about. However, the flood lasted a lot longer than that. It lasted for a, a, an entire year. And in the middle of that year, in the middle of that time period, we see that in chapter 8, verse 1, about how God remembered Noah. And he still provided for him. He still took care of him. And then in chapter 8, verse 15, we read, Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. We see that the flood is over in those times. But we see that people needed to remember about that flood. To be reminded about how wicked the world was in order to get to a point to where God would even send a flood in the first place. But more importantly than that, to remember God provided a way. God provided deliverance in that time. And in the next chapter, we read about a sign of this covenant. In Genesis chapter 9, verses 8 through 11, we read, Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I have now established my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth. I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. That's the promise. That's part of the covenant because of Noah and his faithfulness and what his family did. However, that sign of that covenant is very important. And that sign is, is something that we still see today, that we still have today. And that is the rainbow in the clouds. In the next few verses of Genesis chapter 9, verses 12 through 17, we read about this sign so that we can remember. Beginning in verse 12. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you, and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth, and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you 
and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. So God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I have established between me and all life on the earth. The rainbow that we see after it rains is a reminder of this covenant that was given to all, to every living creature. We also find out from this passage here that this covenant relationship and this covenant sign, this covenant reminder is actually to remind God. When you look at verse 15, he says that I will remember my covenant. See, God is the one that, that remembers it. And he is the one who, who will be faithful to his end of the bargain, that he will never send waters to destroy the entire earth again like he did in the days of Noah. However, every time we see a rainbow, that gives us an opportunity uh, to share with perhaps the next generation of what God has done and what that, rep, what that rainbow represents. Even the, in the past week or so, I've had this opportunity with my own son uh, as we were looking at a rainbow and talking about a rainbow. I think we were even reading a book about it and he wanted to know, you know a little bit more information about that. And of course, he's heard the story about, about Noah and all, but I kind of explained it a little bit more and, and he wanted to know about that rainbow. And it is a wonderful reminder that we can see all the time. And it's also a beautiful reminder. It's one that we see up in the sky and they look so beautiful. We like to take pictures of them. But every time you see a picture of a rainbow, every time you see a rainbow, it's a teaching opportunity for us to remember, but also to remind the future generations that are coming up of what God has done in times past and the need to be faithful to him because he is faithful to us. He is faithful to his own word. Let's look at another sign. The next sign that I want us to take a look at of a covenant relationship is not with a covenant relationship to all of creation, but rather this is a covenant relationship that was made between God and the nation of Israel. But I think it's important for us to remember that, that covenant as well and to also be reminded of what God did. And that is the sign of the Passover. The Passover festival, the Passover feast, whatever you want to kind of call it there, it's a reminder of what God did, of how he brought the Israelites out of the land of Egypt, out of that land of oppression, and into the promised land, into freedom. That's what the Passover is about, about God making his own people, building them up into a great nation, because that's exactly what God did in this. Let's take a look at what the Bible says about this covenant reminder. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 14, we read this, that this is a day you are to commemorate. For the generations to come, you will celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. And he's talking about the Passover, and we're going to read about what to do with the Passover. And by the way, just wait for it, because I believe the Passover has great significance for us today as well. Even though, you know, most of you listening to this uh, aren't from the nation of Israel. And, and that's okay because there's still significance to what God did during this time, during the time of bringing Israel out of Egypt. But let's read it. Let's continue on now. In Exodus chapter 12, picking back up now in verse 21 and going through verse 23, we read this. Then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, go at once and select the animals for your family 
and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into the blood in the basin, and put some of the blood on the top and on both sides of the doorframe. None of you shall go out of the door of your house until morning. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and the sides of the doorframe and will pass over that doorway, and he will not permit the destroyer to enter your house and strike you down. The next verse, verse 24. Obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants. When you enter the land that the Lord will give you, as he promised, observe this ceremony. And when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Then the people bowed down and worshiped. The Israelites did just what the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. So here we read about this, this time of this Passover, and it's supposed to be a sign to Israel to, to remind them of a time when the Lord passed over their houses and that he brought judgment upon the nation of Egypt, the ones who were being oppressive to Israel. And I believe there's a lot of lessons that we can learn. Even here, you know, as Americans, we can learn lessons from this Passover celebration. We can learn lessons about what God has done. And we see in verse 26 that they were told that whenever their children ask about these things, then they need to tell them. They need to teach them and explain to them. Just like with the rainbow, as we have opportunities to teach the next generation, we must take hold of those opportunities. We must tell the next generation because how are they going to remember if they don't rest on the memory of those who are alive today? And yes, people who are alive today, we didn't ourselves see the Passover, but we remember it because every generation since this time has passed down the story of what the Passover represents and what it means for us. And us as Christians, we actually have special significance with the Passover today. And that is because one night whenever our Lord was, was celebrating the Passover festival with his closest friends, he gave the Passover new meaning, meaning that is very important to us and was going to show us the next sign of the third covenant relationship that I want us to see and the third sign of the covenant for us to remember. Let's take a look at that now. That is the the sign of communion. We call it the Lord's Supper. It goes by many different names, but whatever you call it, it has to do with taking of the bread and taking of the cup and remembering the sacrifice that our Lord gave for us. The Apostle Paul says it like this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26, he says, For I received from the Lord what I passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took of the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So now we have this sign, this sign of the new covenant. The covenant with us as Christians. However, within this new covenant, we can see the significance of those previous covenants as well. See, we, can't, we cannot forget, and we cannot let the next generation forget of what those previous covenants represented. 
like during the days of Noah. We see that deliverance was brought through uh, the building of the ark, and they were able to pass safely through the waters on that ark. And in today's world, of course, we see in the new covenant that we pass through the waters of baptism, so to speak, and God provides us with deliverance. And whenever we enter out on the other side of the water, we are supposed to be new, just like the nation of Israel was to be new after they passed through the Red Sea. So we see from that second sign of the Passover, all of these, these symbols of what the Lord did and how he brought judgment and deliverance uh, to, to God's people. We see that during that time of the Passover, that Passover lamb was sacrificed in their place. Well, just so with communion. Our Lord was sacrificed in our place. He was that Passover lamb. He was that Passover lamb of God that took upon himself our sins. And his blood is what washes us clean. And every time we gather together to take of communion, to take of the bread, to take of the cup, we are reminded of that body that our Lord sacrificed for us. We are reminded of the blood that he shed for us. And we are reminded of how those things were necessary in order for us to have life. And the love that God has, that he would send his son to die for us, to be sacrificed in our place. And so we can have life. And every time that we eat this bread, every time that we drink this cup, Let's remember what verse 26 says. You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We know that the Lord is coming back. We're longing for the day in which the Lord will come back. And all these signs that the Lord has given us shows us what he's done in times past. Let's not forget. But let's also recognize that God in past history is still the God who is alive and well today and working. and He's active in the world today. And he's also the God that will one day come back he will come back for his people. We will see a new type of deliverance, one in which, yes, there, there will be this moment of judgment, just like there oftentimes is in these, these covenant relationships. But yet there's also hope in the end. And we can have that hope in Jesus Christ. Let's proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord.
Yes, I'll be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready for the judgment day.